and welcome back to Crystal Clear, the podcast where clarity is the goal. Clarity in life, clarity in choices, and just being totally clear with who I am and where I desire to be. Crystal Clear is my affirmation. And guys, I come with a guest today. Yes, we have the awesome Charnel and his mini podcasts. And I'll let him tell you about whichever one (laughs) he wants to tell you about once we get into the show and once we wrap up, because he's going to do something special for us at the end, hopefully. (laughs) And yeah, and so we'll get into that. But for right now, I just want him to say hello. Hello, all. It's always a great time to sit down and chat with Crystal, so I'm really excited to see where this goes today. Yes, we're going to have a good time. Um, What me and Charnel know about each other at this point is that we talk a lot, uh, especially when we get together. So, you know, I try to format an outline so we can keep it sweet. And so for me to get my practice in editing differently, because, you know, this is one of those recordings where... We're not on the same track. And so I'm really intrigued on how it will work. So I'm really ready to get my hands dirty with that. But other than that, I feel like we're going to have a good time. I just have everything outlined. I'm already ready for us to be chatty anyway, but at least we have a guide. (laughs) Right. There's something we got to keep the bump. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, if you're ready, we could jump right on in there. Let's, Let's do the thing. Okay. So my first question for Charnel is, what is your life story without the church in your background? So I, when you asked this uh, in, in my DMs, I was I was a little confused, and so there's two que- there's two answers to this question, potentially. Mm-hmm. So one of them is mm-hmm. when you ask that question, are you asking everything else about my life that doesn't involve the church, or without the church, what would my life look like? Without the church, what would your life look like? Yeah, so that's a depressing one. Thanks a lot. No, I. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I joke. <laughs> No, I would, I was going to say without religion, but no, like, because religion, you know, it's more ritualistic and all that other stuff and it's more repetition and, uh, but I would say without faith, my life story is actually pretty short. Um, I, uh, I think a lot of people talk about faith as if, as if it's this really abstract and uh, mystical piece of things, but some, for some people, it's a, a very real foothold. Um, some people it's their identity and it shouldn't be all that they are, but it is. But for me, it is definitely a tool to be utilized. Right. And so without faith, Mm -hmm. I feel like my life would have ended at 11. Um, and I could tell you, and I could tell you a story. It's going to be really depressing, but I promise you it'll pick back up because thank God, uh, right. God is good. So, no, I, uh, well, my, the, the eve of my 11th birthday, um, at this point, I was in a group home. I, me and Crystal have talked. I was in foster care and, you know, my life looked really, looked really bad. I was separated from my sister. We had gotten kind of removed from our home together. I wasn't in real contact with my cousins or my aunts, my mother really. Um, same thing at this, this, this group home. There's a lot of shady things happening, of abusive things, um, sketchy things with other, with other youth that were in the home. Like there are also very, kind of disheartened themselves where they would tell me every day like you know no one's coming for you right like you know that like no one's thinking about you like because they had been abandoned essentially and so I was in this really dark place and I was also a very angry child so I was angry at everything and everyone um and so there came a time and a place where I had actually decided that you know what this isn't actually worth it and so a lot of people who don't know me but 
can guess, right? When you're in foster care and you're a really emotional, uh, emotionally activated kid, they'll put you on ADHD medication or they'll put you on antidepressant, something to kind of quell you. Um, and so I had gotten really good at learning to hide pills under my like top lip and between my gum instead of under your tongue where everybody else would hide it because then they, they mm-hmm. check there. Um, and so right. I had collected, I would say, man, at least eight to 10 days of pills. I didn't know how things like that worked, but I had intended to, to end it. Right. And I remember oh. the night before, it's the night before my birthday. So September 27, 2000, uh, great date. And I remember praying because I was actually kind of nervous that God would be mad. Right. And I remember like praying mm. forgiveness for what's about to happen. And it was during that prayer and that kind of like tearing, if you're going to go back to the Kojic church, right, that deep, that tearing kind of <laughs> mode I was in. But because right. of that, mm-hmm. I fell asleep. And because oh, wow. I was I was 10 years old and <laughs> and it was late at night. So like my body wasn't prepared to be up late anyway. But had I not chosen to pray, right? Who knows right. what would have happened? And so what I my so when God. I woke up the next morning, like obviously pills still tucked under my pillow, all that stuff. What I saw was like new opportunities, right? What I read that as is like even as an eleven year old kid, now eleven, because freshly, right, the year clicked over. I was like, right. I was like, maybe what I don't need is like finality, you know, in in temp and like permanence. Uh, or separation from this world, what I really do need is rest. I'm tired. Like, that's what it is. Mm. I'm feeling way too much all the time. And I remember, like, going and telling my therapist, and it became a whole thing, but it's, it has to when you tell people that you tried to hurt yourself. And But right. had I not had that growing up, right, my grandma introducing me to who Jesus was, and me feeling bad that I was letting him down, if I hadn't wow. spoken to him that night, I might not be here. So I was like, if if it wasn't for church, my life story would have been incredibly yeah. short. And even after that, yeah. even after when my life looked worse, like that wasn't even the worst day of my life, right? So it's like, oh, so, wow. <laughs> like, so later on, had I not had those tools available to me, had I not had a mm-hmm. love and a peace connected uh, to me, I don't know what life would look like. But like I said, I wouldn't be 31. I know that for, for a fact. Oh, wow. Like that is... That is amazing. It is it is so just funny how, you know, God works, you know? Mm-hmm. It is it's the craziest thing in it. Good God, d- just that you had that. And I, I feel like very few people have that that connection to where they're worried about how God is viewing them. And it's so por- important that you had that because you're right. Like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so here I am. You know, I, I am dealing with my questions. I am because I've done this a few times at this point and a lot of my questions do a whole lot more than I realize. And so, um, yes, that's what, that's what makes them fun. though. though. I think that's the, I think you got to dig deep, you know? Yeah, that's true. But listen, um, some of these answers that I get, they floor me. Like I'm supposed to stump the person I'm interviewing and their answers end up stumping me. (laughs) So that's, where we are right now and so my follow-up question would have been what did you sense would be different about you but now we know you just would not exist mm. right yeah so yeah we're, we're so happy Sorry I brought here it today. Down. i'm happy i'm here today and I, no it's <laughs> but I, yes I no it it's fine it's 
Yeah, no, it's it's we we're so happy to have you, and I and I know you know you have lived a life to say you know what I needed to be here, and and that's kind of what this is, Janelle, because I think you're such a great energy, you know. Um, just to scroll through the Instagram stories and see you working out most mornings, you know. I don't want to put the pressure on you and say every morning, <laughs> but don't. most mornings. <laughs> most mornings it's just it's just a great energy like you all every time i hear something from you like when you do do a podcast like it's always great energy so i'm so happy you're here okay so my next question is what do your life decisions thus far say about you oh i loved this question too i was practicing this one in bed this morning um yay but i I love that also when you practice things sometimes even as Mm -hmm. you go through the day and you reflect a bit more, you're like, that's not accurate. That's not honest. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Um, no, so I would say I would have to cut it up. I'd have to split it, right? So I would say mm-hmm. between the ages of 16 and 24, my life decisions would mm-hmm. say that I was lonely, right? That I was mm. that I was hoping and seeking for some sort of companionship or relationship that was deeper than what I was. I would even be allowing myself. And it was like a weird, mm-hmm. like masochistic thing. And that loneliness kind of mm. led me to be ending up in people's beds I shouldn't have been in, right? In places I shouldn't have mm-hmm. been in, in dark, sketchy, you know, hole in the wall bars that I shouldn't have been in and meeting up with strangers and all these things. So my life mm-hmm. decisions would have said like, you know, Charnel is, is radioactive and he's right. <laughs> like it would have been like Charnel is out of control. But at the same time, right. during that time, I was still making life choices that would be beneficial because I had no choice. So there was a point in time where I was like put out and I was I was essentially homeless for like two months, technically, and like swimming mm-hmm. in my friend's swimming in my friend's pool. No, but like bouncing on some some couches until I landed in my friend's apartment. Right. Um, but making choices that were substantial, like picking it, getting a job and working regularly, mm-hmm. paying my own bills, trying to fix my credit after I learned it had been destroyed. So some of those things were really beneficial and they gave me the skill sets that mm-hmm. I have now. Um, after 24, mm-hmm. I think my life decisions would say that I had made up my mind of not of who I was going to be with the type of person that I was hoping to be. Um, and that would be. Uh, kind of like Jesus, right? Like a suffering servant, like somebody mm-hmm. who was going to spend the rest of their life serving and people and loving them radically or um, standing in the gap uh, and assisting and building bridges if I could. Uh, and so that's, mm-hmm. so that's kind of what everything looks like now when I think about, you know, the podcasts that I've done and the conversations that I've had mm-hmm. and the, the positions that I've taken, uh, the degrees, you know, like right. when you think about like, what am, what am I doing? Like, it's all to one point right. and one goal is to really to serve people. And there are so right. many, there are so many people who are floating under the radar, living on the fringes, forgotten about living in the dark that deserve mm-hmm. to be seen and deserve to be helped. And I think that my life right. decisions would say that Charnel has made up his mind who he's going to help. Even sometimes if it's not him, if that makes sense. <laughs> That's really that's really deep. I, I like that. I really do. I, wow. So in just short and like a summary of what you just said, I feel like, you know, if we're going to use Bible terms, like you're more than a conqueror, like a lot of things were, you know, <laughs> a lot of things were thrown at you. You had tons of challenges and it's like you just, you know, we all we all have that dark period. We all do. 
And, you know, you got out of it just to say, you know what, I, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to live my life in a certain way to where I can help others. Regardless, you know, sometimes I feel like I will get, you know, very little of that help, but <laughs> I am devoted, you know, right? I'm devoted to helping others because I know what it's like. And that's, you know, to me, I feel like that is the greatest thing. And, you know, a lot of people, I feel like they want their callings to be so much greater than what you know they may actually pan out to be but it's still so important I, you know i you know what i agree and I, I hate we ain't gonna do this we're not gonna turn this into a, a bible study <laughs> um but okay but like you know like my faith is super important to me not not the religious regulation mm-hmm. and rules we don't already been through that right but mm-hmm. faith like in yeah. my relationship with god my relationship with jesus and, and how that works and when you read the Bible, right, Jesus says, like, those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who hum them, humble themselves will be exalted, right? Mm-hmm. And then even later on in the Bible, Paul talks about we should always be thinking of others as above us, right? That's how mm-hmm. we should be living our lives. He's, and he says, not for my own good do I do this, but for the good of mm-hmm. many so that many may be saved, you know? So it's like, even if we're not talking about salvation, like, in the religious text, like, it's not supposed to be about you. That is literally the story of Jesus is that Jesus came and just had himself destroyed for the good of everyone. And that's the example we have to follow. And even though it's cliche and it sounds really cheesy, when you, when you step into that kind of vibe that vocation of yes, like I'm going to do this because Uh I can and someone should, and I'm not going to talk about Mm -hmm. the things that I hate. So I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to dwell on the fact that, uh, you know, racists are terrible or that homophobes are terrible. What I am going to dwell on is the fact that I believe in justice, that I believe in equality. Mm-hmm. And once I keep the, that being the thing, that the focus, like the main thing, the main thing, everything starts mm-hmm. to fall away. And so if you, if you're looking to figure out what your calling is, you need to figure out what you're for. And I think when you find mm-hmm. out what you're for, you don't have to worry about, it. you don't have to make, make the material things mean, mean the most so people look for status right they look for influence they look for power money because they think that's what makes it you know makes it great that's what makes it powerful but what's powerful is knowing that you're supposed to be in that spot knowing that you've planned Mm -hmm. for this right like you you did this if i ever became a a congressman or something right it wouldn't be because i wanted Mm -hmm. to be like making a lot of money and sitting in a nice suit all day it's because i know the greater purpose behind it right so right like that's my that's my thinking is that i'm always talking i'm always focused on what i'm for and i'm always focused on the Mm -hmm. people and then once you once you Mm -hmm. fall into that line boom like you'll be you'll be taken care of i'm i'm a believer in that right right and and honestly that's what i was gonna say like you know once that's your focus to help others inevitably you're helped as well it's just mm-hmm. it's just the way it happens it's just the way it works and so <laughs> i i i don't i have nothing more to say because i know what we can do right, so don't let's, do it. let's move on don't do it. <laughs> let's keep going all right what are some moments I'll, I'll put a number on it like one or two moments in your life experience you are most proud of Be real smart to put a number on that um <laughs> Everyone, I think everyone would focus on like graduation dates and like, mm-hmm. I think working hard is an accomplishment and like the end goal, right, is always something that should be celebrated. But I would say mm-hmm. like right now, um, what I'm, what I'm most proudest of, oh man, I'll say this. So <laughs> the experience, one of the experiences I'm most proud of is, uh, I don't know how to phrase it properly without sounding insensitive to my brother. Um, but my brother was really sick earlier this year and he like, Mm -hmm. 
I believe it was like COVID and all this stuff, but people like, they were like, oh, it's bacterial pneumonia and the flu, you know, and he doesn't, he didn't always take right. care of himself in the best way. And so mm-hmm. that was a, that was an issue that we, that we've had. Um, but I remember like when he woke up, he was in a medically induced coma for, for a while. Um, but when he was like awake and, and cognizant and coherent, um, we had this really awesome conversation about what life should and would look like, uh, and like mm-hmm. hopes and dreams. And in that moment, it's going to sound again, so really self-serving, but in that moment, I didn't center myself or center my own ideas about what his life should look like. But I really just let him like kind of just spill his heart out to me. Cause usually I would guide conversations. Mm-hmm. If you knew my brother, you, you have to guide conversations, but for that point in time, I said, no, I'm going to let him talk. And the and the things he said were very introspective, right? They talked about how he wants to make mm-hmm. a change. He talked about faith. He talks about how he feels like this is a second chance and that he's tired of always hitting rock bottom and then hoping that someone's there to save him. And what he said, though, was that every time something like this happens, he's like, Charnel, you know, I opened my eyes and you were there, right? And so for me, it's mm. like, my brother has pissed me off to no end so often, but the fact that he was excited that I was present and was willing to have his own, his own thoughts and feelings and without me having to, you know, to make him lead him to a certain end or whatever, I was just very proud to be a brother, you know, and, and, wow. and to do it right. Uh, I was like, this is what siblings are supposed to be as adults. Like, this is what it feels like, not where I'm caring for anyone or teaching or scolding but like this is it like these really precious intimate uh moments that i'm never gonna forget so there's that um and my mm-hmm. and my other proudest moment is actually really is also really cheesy um <laughs> it is it really is but i remember um oh gosh i don't remember what day it was the summertime my niece does like a drum core in my city um she's really tall and she won't pick up a basketball and yes it irritates my spirit uh to the core <laughs> but she loves drums and like you know how they do the steps and things like that and it's and it's mm-hmm. man it's a bunch of young black kids black and brown kids like doing something productive so i'm always for it and i remember the first time i went to one of her parades where she was just walking by now mind you the parade you sit in one spot and you see everybody for 30 seconds and then they're gone but you got to be there the whole right. time um <laughs> but seriously i was my niece she had to be what maybe nine at the time we were downtown in my city and she walks by in her little like yellow shirt black pants and weird hat and she's like doing the steps and she sees us and she looks super annoyed but you can tell that she's super happy that we're there and because she lo- <laughs> she loves me and i love her she i've spoiled her and made her a princess she is she's mini me and it's a problem but i remember <laughs> seeing my niece and i know i hate being so old and so cheesy but i remember seeing her and being like Wow, one, she kind of looks like me because she kind of looks like my mom. But I was like, you know, look at uh-huh. like look at that. But then I thought about it again. Like this kind of this is probably my downfall too. Is that like I was I was so proud of her one because she was nervous, right? But I was proud that she had made it to this point and that she was here and that she was healthy. And it reminded me like I was in the, I was in the delivery room when she was born, you know, and like that first mm-hmm. weird cry and. My sister making like this promise that I'm not going to be the the mom that mommy was. I'm going to be better. I'm going to do all these things. And like at nine years old, my niece is downtown with the support of her mom, her cousins, her her uncle, 
you know, and marching and proud and happy and knowing she was going to get burgers afterward. But when we were nine years old, our life was hell, right? Mm. So she's already done it. Like she had already, like the bar was on the floor, but she had already like leaped over it. And so I was just really proud right. of, of just kind of how far like people in my life that are close to me have grown. So I was really proud of my sister uh, for being a mom, right? Even if she needed help along the way, i.e. me, you know, mm-hmm. like I was just really proud that she didn't give that up or didn't, you know, say I'm exhausted, I'm tired, that she she is a hustler. So those the two proudest moments of my life are me feeling pride for uh, my siblings, I guess. But it wasn't, I don't, I'm like for my own stuff, yeah, yada, 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 like accomplishments are great, but I... I love being happy to be a part of something and feeling like my family was like family again is something I'm always going to be really excited about. I love your answers. So like that first moment with, you know, your brother and you, you know, you usually feel like you had to guide the conversation, but you just let him, mm-hmm. you know, speak for himself and just accept it for what it was like. That is so beautiful. And, you know, just to catch yourself in that moment to where you're not doing your thing as you know, your role as a sibling and you're just letting him because I feel like that's a part of like the process, especially when you have someone that you feel like you have to take care of, you know, like and it's just letting them, you know, find their own footing and understanding like you are capable of whatever it is you choose to do. And you don't necessarily need me. I'm I'm definitely going to be here to support you. But I want you to know, like, you have a say in this. And that was like what you were doing in that moment. And I understand why you were proud and that was beautiful. And it was as really- far as like the story with your knee, that go ahead. No, I was gonna say it was just like in the first some further context. Like my brother is my older brother. I'm the baby of the family. Um, well, you know that's how it works, though. Yep, always. <laughs> the baby is usually the boss. <laughs> and but my brother, he all my brother and my sister both are kind of they get caught up in the idea that they have to look out for me. Even now, in their own weird way, they think they are. Mm-hmm. And I think even. Even by not telling me things that they need or things they're dealing with, they think they're shielding me as if I haven't already Mm -hmm. experienced my own stuff. And so when they have the opportunity to take on the older sibling role, like my brother was like, I'm going to do this because I want to be better for X, Y, and Z. I want to set this example. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that we can have X, Y, and Z familial moments in the future and make these memories and yada, yada, yada. And my sister doing the same thing. Like those are the moments that I want them to feel empowered in. And I want them to stand in because that's so affirming to who they want to be for me. Right. And the only way they can get there is if they have the opportunities to step into those, those situations. And so like me not even realizing that I turned into the little brother right there. I was just like, Ooh, talk to me, Charlie. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that, that was your role, (laughs) but you know, cause I'm, I can picking up on your personality. I feel like because you went through so much, it also made you strong. And because, cause you knowing you were strong, you kind of made yourself the overseer of them. Even though you were the the younger one, right? I, I, I sense that about you. I mean, because for me, it was similar. Like, I was the youngest of, like, my cousins. But because, like, I was the one that they went to if they needed something done. So they'd be like, Crystal, I was the younger one, so I was also probably the cuter one. They were like, go ask for this because that's the only way we don't get it. <laughs> so I would boldly go ask for the things. And then, like, when we were at school and somebody was messing with them, they would be like, Crystal. They messing with us. And I'm like, oh, who is it? And they go point them out. And I go, don't don't come over here. <laughs> you know, my little self. Don't come over here. And I would, you know, for whatever reason, people were listening to me. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, it worked out. So I get it. Like, you know, and it worked for a long time as far as being the authority for them until they got to the point where they, they don't want to hear what's right. Exactly. So they kind of shut me out. But, you know, <laughs> that happens. Always. Either way, <clears throat> here we are. I, I love the story, including with your niece, because I thought that was beautiful, too, just to be a witness of you know, being there for something that you didn't have. I feel like that's so important mm. to us. You know, when we think about what we lacked um, as children, we we go. I feel like in that moment of lack, we go in the future and we, we make ourselves uh, aware of what we want to be for others. And you got to live that moment. Mm-hmm. So that was really, really beautiful. I, I enjoy your answers. <sighs> but here I am, you know, my inquisitive self. Right. Stop, better stop asking questions because I got a whole bunch of answers. You know I got a lot to say. You do. <laughs> you do. And so here I come and I'm like, okay, what part of your experience are you least proud of? And so now I'm kind of like, Ooh, oh, God. Yeah. No. Where are we going? <laughs> no, so it's it's just funny. This is actually really funny because it's a more of a shallow thing. It's okay. not even that bad, right? Okay. Like, because my, my life cool. experience isn't, like, I haven't done a lot of terrible things. Like, I've done... Like, I think everyone's done a few sketchy things that they're just, like, they don't want people to know about only because they don't have to mm-hmm. explain themselves to people. Um, right. I haven't done anything that I'm truly, like, ashamed of, right? Where it's, okay. like, I don't want anyone to know because this is horrible. But one of the things I've always regretted and I made me – and I felt really bad about – and this – oh, this is so stupid. It, after saying all the other deep stuff. Um, <laughs> but, no, I, I – <laughs> But it's it's embracing myself. It, no, it's not even that bad. But it's literally the one thing that okay. I always that makes me upset when I have to think about it or talk about it. Um, is well, I guess there's two things. I'll I'll use the lighter one because we've already been super deep. But I was really I'm least proud of hurting people's feelings. Like that's one thing I don't like to do. Mm-hmm. Like I will. Don't get me wrong. Like I am very confrontational. Mm-hmm. And to protect the people I care about or to protect someone who needs protecting, like, I'll let you know who you are and what you're doing is wrong. Like, and your feelings will be hurt. It's going to happen. But Mm -hmm. to, I remember I broke up with my ex in like 2010 um, and it was his birthday. And (laughs) um, I know we had gone out to eat. It was a whole thing. And so we were walking around his condo complex, like, well, his mom Mm -hmm. owned a condo. He lived in it. And when we were walking around and we were just talking, the reason we were walking around, because I was like, oh, let's walk off this ice cream. But I knew what I wanted to do is that I wanted to break up. And I just couldn't have, I didn't have the heart, the first three loops around. And the last mm. loop where I was like, well, this got to be it because it's getting late. And I remember, like, I just gave the most BS excuse of, of why. It was the one moment in my life where I was like the most, I feel like I was the most dishonest about my feelings when usually I'm really honest about how I feel. Um, right. And I just made him like made some whole, you know, I just feel like we skipped being friends and I feel like that's where we need to be. And I would love to continue to, you know, all this stuff. And the truth was that I didn't like his friends. You know, I thought he was lazy, you know, and like he wasn't really working. He, he wanted to get a job, but wasn't trying. And, you know, all these things like didn't have a car, um, you know, like stupid stuff, but yeah. like I'd worked really hard for my crappy 93 Pontiac Grand Am, right? Like I worked, okay. I wanted, I, I drove, I whipped that thing around and, <laughs> but you know what? I worked really hard. Cause again, like I was in a situation where I had to care for myself. So I didn't have an opportunity mm-hmm. to take a break. I had to earn money. And so for, to be with someone who had the luxury 
of kind of laying at home and not having to be concerned about it to complain about not having spending money, but to know that his lights won't get cut off and that he'd have food. And I was jealous. And I know that it sounds Mm. really stupid to say out loud, but I was jealous that he was just living life in the way that any college sophomore should, you know, like, and I don't know. I was, I, I just lied. I lied about why I was breaking up with him and, and at the moment, it felt justified. I was like, no, I don't have to be around this. He should want to work as hard as me. But the truth is, in the, in the world that we live in, not everyone has to work as hard as you. And you have to no. recognizing that people are going to have different frameworks of success is truth and is real. And, mm-hmm. and again, like I said, it sounds really dumb compared to all the really deep moments, but I felt really bad. And I still do. And to this day, we are friends now. Like, that is a thing. We are still buddies. Um but I felt so bad about it. And we've talked about it a million times. I'm like, just to let you know, 11 years ago when I said, <laughs> but that's I'm least I'm least proud of myself because it wasn't who I was. It was below my character. It was below standard. Um, and right. there's other things that I've done too, like that I that I'm ashamed of. You know, not not well, not ashamed of, but I'm I frown at. But they're not like it. Always it's always that moment, you know, like. Mm. wow that that's 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 weird i don't know it's not weird but like that's really really different that you i mean because it's relatable as well because i feel like even though people can't tell that we're not being honest the fact that we know we're not being this you know we're not being honest it really affects us and it to me it's just like for for whatever reason that person in that situation like like sticks out because i'm pretty sure there's other situations but like for that for whatever reason that one sticks out and is it because um you know y'all are friends today or you just are because you knew it was for like I, you being jealous or, or upset yeah it was with his lifestyle exactly okay was, i think it was this little bit of both like i think when you care deeply for someone you always feel bad about any time you've ever hurt them and even though they might move past mm-hmm. it and not talk about it it's something that you always remember like i didn't do right by this person that i say that i love and and I knew at the time mm-hmm. that, you know, he felt very strongly about me and hadn't mm, said any, okay. hadn't said any big four letter words yet, but I knew that he wanted to. Um, and I mm-hmm. also knew that I, I cared a lot about him, but uh, again, I was being super selfish. And so it hurt a lot. It hurt me a lot because I knew that he was going to like do the whole bite your lip and kind of like, yeah, I understand. And like kind of look upset, but hold it in. But I knew that once I left, that it was going to be, you know, that he was going to be so hurt and that, you know, that it was gonna, wasn't just going to be a conversation between himself and, like, his bedroom walls, but his mother was going to ask him what's wrong and his friends were going to ask what's wow. wrong. And, you know, his mom loved me, right? And so I wow. felt worse that, like, now this his woman thinks I've betrayed her trust because she's entrusted her kid to me and, like, all these things. Like, it was just this whole overwhelming thing where I didn't have to happen. But part of me felt like mm-hmm. I had to do it, one, because I was jealous, two, because like I, I think I needed because I was jealous, I was angry and I feel like I needed to hurt him. It was it was a whole thing. And so like it was wow. <laughs> like you shouldn't be happy. Why are you so calm? Why are you so like why are you so content with being like average right now? But you know how right. we we talk, like you gotta be twice as good to get half of what other people have. So right, right. Seeing right, other right. people just kind of what did what did Chris Rock say or Chris it's Chris Rock, yeah. Seeing other people, you know, 
walk to things you got to fly to can be frustrating sometimes so yes absolutely sorry ryan no i get it (laughs) i get (laughs) i totally get it it's just it is just it's just one of those things that like i'm just amazed that it stuck with you oh yes it's like i feel i feel like lord knows i have like tons of those moments and i've let them go you know (laughs) bye other times i don't feel bad you go be all right exactly (laughs) i've hurt people's feelings and broke up with people or said things and i'm like they'll live right because they they're over right right and but that was like Mm -hmm. that one moment and then i was really Mm -hmm. i was really mean to my siblings once my mom passed away like my siblings took it really hard and like i'm talking like hard like they were just never the same people again and there was just a lot wow. of unfinished business that between them and my mom mm-hmm. and being this being the youngest, there was a lot of things I was shielded from, even if I, we had a, I had my own issues. And mm-hmm. like at my mom's funeral, like, mind you, just to give context so everyone doesn't think I'm this evil, spiteful uh, brother. But like I was 17 years old when my mom died and I had to help make funeral arrangements. I had to pay for it out of my college scholarship money. Like all these things that I had to do at such a young age where my brother, who's nine years older than me, is 28 couldn't do my sister who was 19 right. couldn't do and then at the mm-hmm. same time they're asking me to carry these whole these huge burdens my family included my mom's sisters and brothers right asking me to carry this huge right. burden and but no one was willing to even listen to me be upset right or I mean right. I was grieving like I had to be the person who had to help them grieve and I had to hold their hand uh. and my sister my sister was the black you know drama queen at the funerals and movies where they oh lord they don't want to let the casket like that person yeah and my brother was like he made a whole spectacle in the beginning of the funeral because he didn't want to go in but he was making a whole bunch of noise so people were looking in the back it was a whole thing and i'm like how dare you not let me Mm -hmm. have this moment to be sad and you can step up remember how i said they the moments where i want them to step up they didn't and so right and so like it was one of those things where i was really mean and like saying things to my my brother like you know, that would hurt his feelings. Like you're going to, you're going to go on the rest of your life knowing you didn't say goodbye to your mother. You're going to do this to me right now. And this is 17 year old me, like spiteful. Right. And my mm-hmm. sister, like she's not letting the hearse leave because you know, my mom was being cremated and all this stuff. She wasn't being buried. And so like, I was like, Shamir, they're charging us right now. You're not paying. Get up. Like talking like that. And I'm like, you know what? what? Like right. it's hurtful, but I was also hurting. And so I got right. so in my head. So when I look back at my life, that doesn't stand out to me as a time that I'm not actually the least proud just because I was justified in my feelings, not in my language. Right. But in my right. feelings. Yeah. And it's been addressed already. Like we've talked about it and we've moved on. But it was mm-hmm. I was like, yikes, you know, 17 year old Charnel had some venom. <laughs> right. But see, yeah, I don't I'm I'm not I wouldn't say that was I feel like it was necessary for you. And like I'm for me, I feel like it's very important even in our ugly times for us to speak to it, even if it's not like our best self or even if it's not like, you know, what it really was. Like I'm in pain too, y'all. Y'all not even caring about, you know, you didn't say what you were actually experiencing, but you 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 did get it out. You understand? Right. Like imagine if you did nothing. Imagine, imagine if you pretended like you were hurt, but you were going to process it normally and just look sad and allow them to carry on. Exactly. Right. Imagine how, how differently, you know, you would have carried on being me, 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 you know, like it would went a lot further. So I, I'm happy that you, you did something, you know, 
I feel you, yeah. I'm happy that you did. I feel like it, it was necessary for you to get it out some kind of way. I agree. It, Even though you're not proud right. of it. It wasn't the yeah. best me, but it was still me. Mm-hmm. And I think that was mm-hmm. the, the point is that I, I felt like I was like, I need, hey, we're all hurting right now. Right. And I also need to be seen. Like, can someone, like, but I was just, it was just like this weird adult role I wasn't used to. But little did I know. Right. Right, that sometimes God will set you up. Like little did I know that that would be the role I'd be in for the majority of my adult life. Right, is that mm-hmm. at this point, like I said, I think that was like a sh- weird shifting point. Like we all felt it that Charnel's mm-hmm. in charge. Like it was like it was not even a. Right. It's not even like Charnel's make the most money, which I do. Like that's not shade, but it's what it is. But like you know, Charnel makes <laughs> yeah. the most money, or Charnel is the most responsible. What it is is that Charnel has that bulldozer quality to him, where he'll put his head down and go. You know, and yeah. so because Chanel of that, is the most adultish right. of us so all. Because of that, we need to fall <laughs> yeah. in line behind him until we also right. learn that bulldozer quality and healthily, right? Not just putting your dealing with crap just to deal with crap, but productively. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was a whole thing. <laughs> wow. You know, I, I really. I, I can sit up here and just I can make more questions for you, Chanel, for a different day and just listen to your answers. Like, I love them. If you because, you know, I, I want people to be prepared. I want them to think it through and actually, you know, bring something. And you're doing exactly what I wanted you to do with the questions. So I'm so proud right now because I'm enjoying every These minute. Are great of it. questions okay. because they, and they're also on a, they're also linear. So it's like it makes sense. I can mm-hmm. look back and like reflect and be like, oh, yes, this and this and this and this and this. Boom. <laughs> mm-hmm. wow okay so i feel like you have but i'm gonna ask the question anyway because i know you're gonna you're gonna put put a package on it uh do you feel you have identified your purpose what if i just answered it like yes and then period <laughs> that's an answer because you have because i have i have more questions right. in regards to this purpose all right what assisted you in realizing your purpose Oh, man, you know what it is? I'm a huge sucker for support systems and everyone kind of like shirks them. And but what assisted me was really that people loving me where I was. So the people like my best friends, family, um, I met my best friend for like first week of college. We had the same birthday. Our mom had the same name. You know, our moms went to the same college, like all these weird things that kind of coincidences that didn't make sense. Um, but mm-hmm. So, like, meeting him and his family, like, I met my best friend. Like, again, my mom died, for context, a week before I moved into my dorm. And so, like, I, mm. I buried my mom, well, buried, quote, unquote, my mom on Saturday. And then I moved into my dorm the next day. And so I met my best friend that same week. And immediately his family just kind of, like, scooped me up. It wasn't, there was no question. There was no mm-hmm. transitional period. Like, I remember going home with him to pick up his laptop and then going back to campus. And then that 30-minute span that I was in his kitchen with his mother, like, she had made the decision, like, this little boy is mine. Like, I don't care what anybody Aww. else says. And so, like, having people who loved me and allowed me to make mistakes uh, and allowed me to say how I felt even when I was wrong and then corrected me. Again, putting the bumpers on. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that encouraged me when I didn't always have it and supported me when I always had it and showed up when I needed people to show up when my closest, like, biological loved ones weren't doing it. Um, and then even my my cousins, right, the ones who are my family, when they did show up and they were like, you know what, we're so proud of you. Or, you know, what can we do to mm-hmm. be helpful? Um, we want you around. Don't ever feel like we don't. Like, all these things. Like So mm-hmm. I think the fact that they allowed, they didn't want to build me into this, into this perfect structure of 
what a man should be and also like the, everyone who doesn't know who, like my identity intersections like i'm black you know i'm a dude i'm queer i'm christian um or at least faith-led right i'm all these things and my mm-hmm. family could have been like you need to be two of these things and not the other or you can't be all right. of these things without leaving one behind and and they didn't do that and they let me explore what the world looked like for me they let me see they let me explain how i felt about the things that i had seen and they didn't try to put a cap on it and same thing with my my mm-hmm. my kind of support system around my mentor who sh- should showed up and was a dad you know that i've never had and still is i, I met him in 1999 mm-hmm. you know here we are 21 years later and still you know we still see each other we still talk all the time um, I was, I mean, I haven't seen him cause he's old and it's like COVID, but we still, we had, we right. had dinner for my birthday still. And I still get really good birthday gifts. And, um, his wife died this year and I felt like I lost my mom, you know, like all these things were like going on, but, but like, again, they always, they always saw my strengths and they, they really nurtured those things. And when they saw where I fell short, they always made sure they shored those things up. Like, Hey, you did this really well. But make sure, you know, these are the things you need to watch out for. Charnel, you are so, you are very well spoken, but you also have a very sharp tongue. You got to watch that. Like, right. and so they would, they would, they would say, this is who you are. And you can, you can hold on to that because mm-hmm. that edge is necessary. You just need to know when to point it in the right direction. Right. So it was, it was them who kind of let me know that we're going to, you're, you're just the person. You have all these skill sets and, you know, like, it only makes sense that you're here to help other people. Like you're built to be an advocate and they just nurtured all those gifts. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they, wow. that's kind of what pushed me along. And we could talk about faith again, because that's the base, right? Like, I just feel like that's what we're called right. to do, but there's a, you can't be called to something if you don't have people who are willing to, to like lead you along. You can't be David without your Jonathan type vibe. So you got to be able to, mm-hmm. you need those people in your corner. And I wouldn't, again, wouldn't be here without them. So Absolutely. Okay, another great answer, but I'm not done with your purpose. Oh yet. no! <laughs> what is your purpose? Uh, to be the best rapper alive, you better ask about me. <laughs> it's billboards. <laughs> I'm not playing uh, with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I think, I think purpose in like calling are aren't always uh-huh. the same thing i think callings are what your actions right. are like you're called to be something mm-hmm. but purpose is like what you represent right and mm-hmm. i think that like my purpose is really to just take up space um and to again and to be a mouthpiece right i i feel mm-hmm. a lot about a lot but usually when i'm opening my mm-hmm. mouth it's not for my own sake right i like i'm like i can like i can I can guide myself through most of the world, but I know that my, my nieces and nephews can't and they deserve a world that looks better than Mm -hmm. mine. I know that, you know, poor people can't and they deserve a world better than what they got. Uh, so I think it's just, I think it's, I'm just really meant to be an advocate. I'm meant to be a fighter because that's what I was Mm -hmm. built for. Um, you know, I'm meant to be a lover. Uh, I'm meant to be, uh, I don't know. Like I, I think I'm just meant to be, connected to everyone and mm-hmm. and be able to do that and do it well and do it so that way mm-hmm. they can still have a sense of like dignity and, and security in that so they don't feel like I'm owning anything or stepping on their toes or talking for them but right. speaking alongside mm-hmm. them so it I, it's been a it's been a long journey to figure out exactly what that looks like um but no my purpose is definitely to stand in the gap for people I think 
That's exactly what it is. Beautiful. So, all right, next step. So this one, this was one that, that I feel, this is the idea that struck me when I reached out to you and said, I, I need. I want you on the show. I have a show for you. Mm. So um, it says, detail your path. But when thinking of your path, consider where you started and the trail your footsteps will guide others to. Oh yeah. So I won't tell you every detail, but I'll definitely give you the highlights. <laughs> um, okay. I don't know, man. I if I'm talking about like childhood, like I I grew up super poor. Mm-hmm. You know, grew up in the projects. D six Laurel Gardens. Where you at? You know, anyway, but <laughs> but I did. I grew up with mice. I grew up with roaches. Um, you know, I remember boiling water on the stove for hot water when to take a bath mm-hmm. and you know, leaving the oven yep. open to heat the home and sleeping in the living room to catch some of it. And I remember eating cereal with water. I remember roaches being in my, you know, all these things. And I remember that. I remember life getting mm-hmm. a little bit better because my mom started selling drugs, right? Hustlers. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my mom who always made it work but <laughs> um but i remember i was having this more money and recognizing because we moved into like a duplex um and all this stuff so it was just like just being being able to to enjoy feeling like a child for a little bit uh not for a long time but like a lot of things happened like i started um encountering a lot of um like abuse like physical emotional sexual abuse at a young age um you know, my mom, mm-hmm. like whenever your mom is a dealer and an addict, there's just a lot of unsavory people that come around and they don't always have yeah. your best interest at heart. Some of them are predators and it is what it is. Or, you know, they're conked out of their mind and they do things. I'm not defending or excusing it, but like, you know, people are crazy. Right. Um, and so right. having to experience that, being removed from my home, separated from my family, bouncing from family to house to family's house to home to home to group homes. Um ending up in a in another house where I was also emotionally abused and neglected. I was being blamed for my grandmother being sick simply because my mom was the troublesome child and, you know, mm. being told I was going to be just like my mom. But at the time, my mom was locked up, right? And so all these things that I just, I didn't really think was true. Um, but the beautiful thing, mm. like I mentioned earlier, is that I still had a mentor, right? I met this mentor mm. and I'm not going to give you the whole story, but uh, this man kind of went out of his way and moved heaven and earth to find me once we got I got removed from my home. He hadn't see, he met me once, wow. and like I remember I was having a really bad day um, at the group home, and I was like I'm talking breaking stuff and like weeping, like I'm that I was that kind mm. of. Um, and again, ten years old man, you feel a lot. You don't know what, what to do with it, and uh, no, you don't. I remember her name. Her name was Teresa, and I don't even know if she's still alive or not. But she was this like really big hipped black woman with great hair and really nice glasses um but she didn't she didn't play no games like you she was very she was very much an auntie like you knew you wasn't gonna get away with it when the director was there and it was Teresa. and she was like you need to come answer Mm -hmm. the phone and i was like i don't want to talk to my social worker right now and she's like you need to get up and answer this phone and i was like okay fine because it's Teresa. uh (laughs) and i went to answer the phone and it was my mentor his name is his name is mr Beatty. um Mm-hmm. Anyways, to this day, like I've known him for 21 years, and I never call him by his first name. Uh, <laughs> but wow. it's just one of those respect things. Like he's just always. I, yes. I only use Bill like when I'm talking to like uh-huh. someone else about him. But to him, even his wife, like she was always Mrs. Beatty. It was never Kathy. Um, mm-hmm. But like he called me. Like he found out where I was. I was in a safe home where no one knows where you are. Right? Like your parents mm-hmm. don't know. Your family don't know because 
like you're living in a dangerous situation. But this man had gotten in touch with my social worker, like had advocated to get in touch with me. Like I need to know where this young man is because he was already like at risk when I met him. And now if he's, if he's anything, it's now. Right. And so like having Mm -hmm. that man kind of support me while I'm dealing with all this stuff and graduating high school, going to college, you know, my mom dying right at the center of that, um, meeting new friends, learning new skills, you know, moving on, like all these things, getting, being homeless after that. And, Again, picking myself back up again, um, having to deal with losing my grandmother, you know, other family members getting sick and dying, get, having to deal with like a mm-hmm. chronic like stomach issue myself and all these other issues and um, identifying, trying to figure out what life looks like for like this really outspoken queer black man who doesn't really have a place because he's got one foot in the church and one foot in the dance club, right? Like I'm twerking, but I'm also two stepping for Jesus. Like it's one of these things that need to be (laughs) addressed. But I think ultimately what that path looks like is that there is no, I I always tell people like, I hate the, I don't know if you remember the, it gets better campaign. Like years ago, it was like the gay thing where they were telling people like, Hey, your life might suck in your rural small town, but all you have to do is move to New York city. And then everyone's going to accept you or move to Miami. Mm -hmm. And I, like, I don't like that because for some people, that's not an op- that's not an option. And right. It's not a realistic, like, not, a realistic option. Exactly. Yeah. They just can't leave or they don't have the means or they don't have the, the wherewithal or the skill sets or the, you know, or the personal makeup. Some people just don't have this personal or social or life skills to make it in a big city. Right. But right. I think what my I think what my path says and what the trail that I've beaten says that it's OK to take the windy road like you're not a mm-hmm. like. And because I've beaten it down along with so many other people I've met who have been just like me, like I'm not alone in my life story. Like there's so, so many people who've experienced right. the same things. But if you take the path that we've taken, yes, it doesn't look as pretty, right? But we're all working to up the same mountain, and I think that it gives them it gives them permission almost, right, to be who they are. You don't have to hide half of who you are to enjoy. Uh, living, you don't have to be a certain way to experience the love of God or to experience the love of her, of people, right? You shouldn't have to hide yourself uh, to be loved or amputate any part of yourself to be accepted, right? And you should demand that people give you space. It's not going to be. It's never. It's never ever given. Even people who assimilate, right? They still have to continue to shake their butts to get into parties. But you need demand. Like I am who I am, <laughs> right? Regardless of who else you mm-hmm. say I should be. That's not changing. What you need to do is give me space or I'm going to come take it. Like I'm going to make it so you can't right. avoid or ignore me. And I think that's what I've, I think that's what my life has done is just shown that you can do the things that other people have written you off about. You can make this, make the strides. You can even, not even like in the big way, right? I'm not talking like the, those accomplishments that everyone celebrates. I'm talking more specifically like those personal victories, right? That, mm-hmm. that you can make it. You wake up in the morning, you're like, you know what I did? I got out of bed. You know what I did? Like right. I worked a full week and didn't call out. I earned a good amount of money this week. I worked extra hours and now I can save something like little things that just matter to you that no one else is going to see. Um, and that you're allowed to celebrate that and celebrate yourself. And you're allowed to ask other people to celebrate along with you. And I think that's more right. so what my path details. It's not so much of a, a benchmark or how many degrees you got in or, you know, uh, how much money you make, but it's all about like, have you figured out your framework of success? And is it yours? Is it, right. is not, is it your parents or is it your teachers? Like, no, is this yours? Is this where you feel comfortable, where you feel like you can get in, fit in and grow 
and expand. And if so, then you've made it. And I hope that's what people who are walking the same path as me are like, yeah, man, I don't have to fit in a box. I can just, you know, tumble through the bushes a few times, leave with some scratches. <laughs> but you know what? I've learned some skills. And there's the trail. Exactly. There's a trail. <laughs> and it, just because it's not paved, you know, doesn't right. mean that it doesn't still get you somewhere. So that's it. I love it. Oh, my God. This was so awesome. You listen. <laughs> listen, you you. I don't know where the book is, but um, <laughs> I'm certain I'm certain there's one in your heart somewhere. I know it is I started like writing this one is like a while ago. But <laughs> I, I know I know it's daunting. I know <laughs> I, I could imagine. But still, like, it's so necessary. Like, oh, my God. And make sure you do an audio version, too, please. Um, <laughs> for the people like me. Because right, <laughs> I can listen. I, I would listen. I would enjoy every moment of it. And I feel like if you really sat down and made yourself do it, that it it would just be so full of life. Like, you're giving me so much right now. Like, I feel like there's moments where I had to keep myself from crying. And it wasn't even the sad parts. It was just like... <laughs> Just the, the parts where, you know, you just were determined, you know, and I'm, I'm just so overwhelmingly happy with, you know, just listening to you and how this has turned out. And um, I have one more question for you. Yes. And that is, what are you clear about today? Oh, man, that's the hardest question of the entire, like all the ones on the list. Are you kidding I'm me? Not joking, I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm clear about a lot of okay. things, but what is the thing I'm most clear about? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know what it is? It's I'm. It's gonna sound stupid again, but I that I'm okay, right? Like it's um. Mm. Um, I think I finally I hit understand. a point. Right, I hit a point in my life where, like I, I mentioned it earlier in my little rant, but that, like where I am, is right where I'm supposed to be. Who I am is right is who I'm supposed who I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be, and you know, like. Every time for most of my life, I felt like I was playing catch up or I felt like I had to be somebody to someone. If I, if I wasn't, then who was I? But I'm okay with being who I am now. I'm okay with just being Charnel. I'm okay with being a bit nerdy and a bit, a bit spiteful at times. And I'm okay with, you know, mm-hmm. you know <laughs> being silly and, but also kind of like being driven and all those things. Like I'm not going to let people, you know, frame my, my ambition as advantageousness or, you know, or anything. So I'm just okay with, with who I am for the, like for the first time in a long time. Like as a kid, I think we all are. We're just like, I'm great. Cause my grandma calls me handsome and my teachers call me smart. But as, (laughs) but as an adult, that affirmation doesn't, doesn't come without a cost, right? Like people tell you you're pretty mm-hmm. because they want to know how pretty you are, like without things on your body, right? Or people tell you you're smart right. because then they think they can use you as a vehicle to something. But when you can say those mm-hmm. things about yourself and the only thing you owe yourself is to love yourself, it means a lot more. So, ba 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 da ba. I'm loving it. Yes. Um, see, and you just got me right there. When you just like, I'm just clear on the fact that I'm okay. Like that, <laughs> that got me. <laughs> it got me. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. 
I appreciate you, but you know, you have one more thing to do. You have to tell the people how to find you. And I made a request. You so. did make a request. And I, I, was like, <laughs> I, I was like, I didn't know if you wanted me to be serious with it or if you wanted me to play around with it. But <laughs> I want you to be serious. I know it's a weird thing to do. It is a weird thing. I mean, I mean, you, you, you could, you could actually tell us and then just sing something on your heart. I mean, if that makes more sense and it's not as goofy. I could, but, um, depends yeah. on what manner is like, if I'm going to be like a, like a weird like 60s crooner but no i am um, oh my god if you don't just <laughs> like sing how you would sing no, i don't know um, you know it- i'm not i'm not warmed up so it's it's gotta be whatever it is um okay i'm trying to find like a key here so where can they find me crystal clear listeners if you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Charnel B. That's C-H-A-R-N-E-I-L-B. Boom. If you want to find my podcast, I'm not, I'm sitting down so I can't hit all the notes. I have a podcast. It's a true crime show. It's called What Did You Do? Boom, boom, boom. It's a true crime show. Um, uh, I love it. We talk about true crime from the point of mental health mm-hmm. and social work. Um, I also wow. have a, a, a another show that's more faith based, um, and it's called "I'm Praying for Y'all," which has kind of been on hiatus just because I've been super busy, not because it hasn't been on my heart. Um, but what's mm-hmm. funny, um, the song that has been on my heart is one that you might know, and Crystal, I know you sing a little bit. Oh, so you gonna you gonna do that? You gonna right. do? <laughs> so I don't know if you know it. Um, Okay. But if you're a black church person, you know this song. And it is, do you remember, do you know the song, um, As the Deer? It's like that old hymn. No. It's like, as Mm-mm. the deer panteth for the waters, oh my, my soul longeth after thee, you alone, Jesus, are my heart. Desire and I long to worship you. You alone are my strength. You're my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's only desire and I long. To worship you. Boom. Nice. Not warmed up. No, I don't know that song. Listen, <laughs> let me tell you something. My let's say something about my uh church I was raised in. We they were different. I tell people all the time, like the popular stuff, like the black stuff that most people were exposed to for whatever reason, they were in denial. Oh no. We didn't get it. What? <laughs> but yes, I, I enjoyed that. I've never I'm gonna look it up now. It's I'll send you but yes, turn I'll up. send you a version. There's a there's a really good one. Yes. But that's like I think that again at its core like that is my faith mm-hmm. and that is who i am like i don't care about all the riffraff and you know if you want to be a good right. christian you need to vote republican or you need to do this you need to do that my, oh my, God. my one goal is mm-hmm. to know like who jesus was and to be more like him and if i could do that mm-hmm. that's what we're called to do and so that song just always hits yeah. me i'm like i don't care about all that things you know no i'm not what everyone expects me to be and no i don't fit into that box but that's not the goal i'm not supposed to be like everybody else 
come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, that, in a nutshell, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, in my efforts to be crystal clear, you know, and allow other people to be clear and just be who they are, you know, like the clarity in that, like that. That that's what I feel is my purpose, and um, I'm just like I said, overwhelmingly happy to have had this conversation with you. I'm glad you showed up like you did. You did amazing. Um, you were worth the the few minutes I had to wait. <laughs> like I regret nothing. Shade, this was this was beautiful. <laughs> you and you, ain't had to you, say you know what? About it, but here you are. I didn't, and I can edit it out. But the point is. <laughs> The point is, I'm just saying that's how appreciative I am of this conversation. You understand? Like, you know, regardless of like the little things that we experience to make, you know, content and to make it, you know, right. It still worked. And it was like amazing. And I'm super proud of us, one, because I think we're just like right over an hour. And that is huge. I was like, yo, this is nice. Like, I haven't eaten dinner yet. So I know that I'm not going to have to eat at 11 o'clock. This is a blessing. We are doing great. So with that being said, I'm going to stop right. the recording. So take <laughs> tail, everybody bye. Bye. <laughs> bye, y'all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having me.